Happy Monday and welcome into the TD Fantasy Podcast. Guys, we're starting off with unfortunate injury news, and that is that one of the most talked about guys in the offseason was Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, You saw him with the knee injury, you saw him get carted off, and that's never a good thing. We're not going to see Jimmy G for the rest of the season, and that's that's a sad thing for football in general just because there was a lot of excitement around him. You thought, you know, this is his time, this is his opportunity. They haven't been world beaters thus far, but they've also been much better, and, and without him they're going to look much different. So from a fantasy perspective, obviously you're not going to have Jimmy Garoppolo. That's going to change everything around him, including George Kittle, who we've all loved, yeah. um, this team in general. But I know, Jake, you wanted to kind of throw out potentially somebody who might end up being in San Francisco and uh, start floating that idea out there. Yes, yeah, so I'll start with it's another injury that really could have been avoided. Run out of bounds, man. Like, it's a, it's a shame because that the, the NFL is better when teams like the 49ers are good and relevant Absolutely. and have a star quarterback for with sure. their history. And that, that just sucks. That part's disappointing. Kyle Shanahan, really good offensive coach, needs a guy that's a veteran that knows his system. Colt McCoy is sitting in Washington right now on a team that's pretty solid, but they're building for the future and would love to get a draft pick back. And I think Colt McCoy, if you go back and look at what he's done when he's actually played, he's been pretty solid. Don't be surprised if that trade happens. This isn't any insider information. This is me throwing it out there because it makes a lot of sense, but I haven't heard anybody really talk about it yet. I think they're not going to miss that much. They drop off that much if they go that route. I mean, Grapple has been good, but I think Colt McCoy, knowing that offense, and they're still going to try to run it with with uh, Morris and Brita. I, I, that would be exciting to me. I mean, I think that's because you've seen Lynch have the balls basically to go make some moves. I would love to see that. I expect that they will make a move uh, because I can assure you that C.J. Beathard is not the guy that they're no. going to want to be starting for the rest of the season, and we're only at week three. And, yeah. I, I and McCoy is a guy you could sign on Monday, trade for on Monday, and play on Sunday. That's he knows it. the offense enough that you can put a game plan in that he can play on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, the whole key here is you have somebody like Colt McCoy who knows the Shanahan offense, and I think that's what you're looking at. And again, Beathard's just not a good football player. I saw him, I covered him in a couple different games while he was at Iowa, Big Ten Championship. I covered him at the Outback Bowl, covered him at the Senior Bowl. That dude just misses throws when there's nobody near him. Yeah, like He's just 100%. not a, a solid player. I was actually surprised he was even drafted when he was. If the, the Niners are now – there's no way they're looking at themselves as a true playoff contender now, but if they even want to pretend that they are, they have to make a move for another quarterback. Yeah, they have to make a move because you know they're not going to keep pace with the L.A. Rams in that division, so you're looking at a wild card spot if you're trying to make the playoffs here, and that's going to be tough in the and NFC. And with Colt McCoy, you're probably relevant enough that you're playing with the Seahawks and you're yeah. going to beat the Cardinals. Yeah, so. this, I mean, nobody in your division other than L.A. looks great. I mean, yeah, Seattle's yeah. beatable and – the Cardinals are obviously bad. So I think if you look at yourself and you say, you know, we consider ourselves, and I'm assuming that they did, playoff contenders with Jimmy Garoppolo, if you bring somebody in who can at least be serviceable, mm-hmm. obviously not going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's got to be somebody that knows the system. So I think that's something you mentioned in pre-show, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, another injury is A.J. Green. He left the game with a groin injury. Looks like potentially could miss this week. That's bad news for fantasy owners because he's been great, uh, especially in week two. He had an excellent week. There's not really much you can, I would say, you can't you can't replace no. AJ Green. Um, 
but guys, what what direction do you go if you need somebody for for one week? Hopefully, your bench you have somebody, but is there yeah. anybody on the uh, other than maybe a guy on your bench already that well, you? Well, Tyler Boyd is, is an option that I think you should pick up because he's being used a lot. He ran he only one fewer route than AJ Green in Week Two, was used very similarly in Week Three. He's on the field a bunch. He is playing the role I think we all thought John Ross would probably play mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. The old Mohamed Sanu role in, yeah. the, in that offense yes. before he left, yeah. and he's been effective. I think that's a player that he is, if AJ Green is out, I think Boyd is. I mean, you're you're in wide receiver three flex territory there already. So somebody that's, I think he's still available. I looked up this morning in like 76 percent of leagues. So that's yeah. somebody that you should really go and pick up. Yeah, I know as somebody who has AJ Green, it's going to be one of the scenarios where I'm forced into picking him up and playing him this week because nobody is going to replace AJ Green. And it's looking like, I mean, he still could play, but it's likely he'll sit one week and and you should be good going forward. Yeah, I think if you think about it like a bye week, you're probably okay. But I'll tell you, for a guy that a groin injury ended my career, they can linger. Now, it's very different when you do it running than than my injury, but these things could turn into sports hernias quick. They can tear up into the stomach lining instead of just, it depends on what part of his groin is bothering him. But speed guys, it can be, that's one of those things that can, even if he comes back and plays in a couple weeks, he might not be the same guy. If it turns into he's got to go to Philadelphia to Dr. Myers where everybody goes for the groin surgeries, he's six to eight weeks. Not saying that's the case, but it can turn into that quick if you play on them and that thing tweaks in the wrong direction. That's why I assume that they're going to sit him this week. I assume they're going to take it easy with with him and, and let him rest and get that you it's know, a shame, one too, because that would have been a monster matchup for him going to Atlanta. Yeah, you know, I was really, really, really looking really forward, really looking forward to that matchup. Um, last and not least, this is a bit of good news, obviously. We got to see Carson Wentz in action, which was good. Your takeaways, both of you guys, from uh, Carson Wentz, I'll let you start, Jamie. What you saw, and then how does he impact that offense going forward? Well, I thought he looked great physically. Like He was moving around in the pocket. He was moving outside the pocket, running full speed. He didn't look like there was any hesitation in his game. Looked a little rusty throwing the ball. I mean, he had one just absolutely abysmal interception late in the fourth quarter of that game. But, you know, you look in this game, they got the win, which is the most important thing, and he looked healthy. That's all you're looking for. He's going to – it's going to be a few weeks until he actually looks like the Carson Wentz we saw last year. But that was a really good first step. I agree. Physically looked fantastic. He's going to be rusty. That's fine. Who's he throwing it to? Yeah. I mean, Aguilar's are their number one right now. Ashawn Jeffrey gets back and is healthy. That team, that division's not very good. That team doesn't have to be great. The first half of their schedule is brutal, and they're, they're picking up some wins now. They're going to build and be pretty solid in the second half of the team. Jamie and I in Vegas talked about Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. On the other side of Zach Ertz. Yep. We've said it on the show now a couple times. That offense has some really smart guys still in their drawn up plays. I think you're going to see a lot of two tight end stuff. You got some offensive line injuries that could pop up that have already kind of started to rear their ugly head. And Dallas Goddard's a really solid blocker, but he's turned out to be a really good receiver as well. Don't be surprised. Some really creative stuff coming from them in that offense. But I think Dallas Goddard moving forward, you might have two tight ends on the same team in a super thin tight end group right now that are very serviceable and very playable. I think it's somebody worth worth looking at, and you might want to consider him if you're, let's say, a Jordan Reed owner. Redskins run a bye this week. You might want to consider picking up Dallas Goddard because, again, I don't think he's going to get seven catches every game, but he's getting open, and he's out there a lot. Yeah. And I think yeah, right now – don't have now, anybody else until Jeffrey gets back. Exactly. And right now, at the tight end position, the way it is, just being out there that often is a great opportunity. Yeah, if you're, I mean, yeah, if you're an Eagles fan, you're obviously happy to see Carson Wentz back. Evan Ingram out, by the way, talking about tight ends, out for this week already. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, there's 
if you've got some of these guys, Ness, that's a really good player option to throw in there. This was a it was a group that we were really excited about coming into the yeah. season, and my oh my, how quickly three top six guys are hurt now. Yeah. Two of them for a long time. Yeah, it it got ugly very quickly. Uh, where we were right and where we were wrong, uh, the entire NFL community was wrong about Minnesota. So let's just start there. Uh, we all looked at that matchup, and I mean we as in NFL fantasy community, and said, please, please, please start Kirk Cousins and everybody. And you should be starting these guys each and every week. Adam Thielen, yeah. Stephon Diggs, those guys are matchup proof. Thielen got his. Yeah, and, and, and you, you sure as hell did not see this coming. No. So, guys, let's let's uh, take one on the chin here first and foremost. Jake? Absolutely. I said they would win and cover. I mean, Jamie at least said they wouldn't cover, take the points. But I didn't see there was any way in hell they weren't going to win 21-3 to at a minimum. I didn't think the freaking Bills would score, much less when I looked at my phone. There's 20, there's 17 nothing with three minutes to go in the first quarter. Um Look, it's one of those things that happens. I mean, you have professional athletes, professional coaches that get backed in a corner and want to fight, and a team that, frankly, just laid an egg at home. They were not prepared. They were not – the leadership in that locker room, I guarantee you, is in there hot and on fire today from the coaching staff to the leaders, the veterans in that locker room. But, look, we all we all screwed that one up. Yeah, I, I didn't – I expected Buffalo to hang within three scores. I didn't expect them to come anywhere close to actually winning that football game. And they – Winning by three scores. Yeah. And by the way <laughs> – from the second the kickoff to the second the game ended, they were the better team. Oh, 100%. We didn't get this. A lot of times you see this where a team that's unexpected gets out to a two, three score lead. Then the other team starts pushing back. and push. There was no pushback. No. There was none. The Vikings no. just. Minnesota was lifeless in that football yeah. game from so, the beginning to end. They're probably a little too excited for their Super Bowl or NFC Championship preview on Thursday. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, you just got your ass kicked at home. Now you got to go to the Rams on a short week. This is going to get real rough real quick for a team that has the Rams who are pissed off that they laid an egg like this at home. Absolutely. Because from a coaching point of view in a long season, did Mike Zimmer want to lose and get his ass kicked at home? No. Did he want to go in Monday with a reason to rip the asses of his supremely talented team? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You die for that as a coach. Okay, guys, you wanted to try it your way and take it easy? My way for the next six weeks. We're not letting this happen again. That's going to be a really interesting Thursday night game. Yeah. Uh, where else were you wrong? We'll start with the wrong and then we'll move to the right. Jamie, I'll let you go first here. Well, I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars would look like at least competent on offense. The defense is excellent. We know that. Clayus Campbell just continues to just absolutely dominate. He had one inside where he just stunned and just ran over the center and into the. I mean, it was just. He's a beast, but Jacksonville has these games on offense every once in a while where they will put up three or six or nine points, and they are just doesn't matter how well their defense is playing, they just cannot move the ball. Obviously, Fournette didn't play in this game, but they should have been a better team than this. I thought they would win by multiple scores. Is there any concern that this was kind of a last second thing with Fournette because it wasn't talked about pretty much throughout the whole week that he was, he was expected to play he was, all week? That's what I'm saying. Is there a bit of concern here that you know we get three hours to kick off and Adam Schefter's reporting that he's not going to play? I mean, I have concerns about Fournette's ability to stay healthy going back to college. He's had soft tissue issues for track guy. A we long talked about time. track. I mean, it, he's a big physical guy. A lot of those guys will play through some of this stuff. But you go back to what I said earlier. He's a track guy. You get hamstrings, you get ankles, you get these little tweaks, and these guys do not like it. The thing that's concerning for me too is Yeldon was on the injury report all week, and on Sunday morning was not expected to play. Had a decent game to the point where I dropped them both and put Will Fuller in. I was very happy about. Uh, in one of my leagues, but they they want to be conservative conservative on offense, run it, play action, yep. let their defense. But 
they totally got taken out of their game plan the week before with no Fournette. They lit, they lit up the Patriots, and Bortles looks like a freaking world beater. I don't know, man. That team's super solid, but losing a, a home game against a Blaine Gabbert-led Titans who gets knocked out and Mariota can't lift his arm over his head and drives yeah. th- for three field goals, and it's a bad loss. Yeah, Tennessee bad loss. is we, a weird. We all were all on that one, too. That's Tennessee is on. a weird football team right now. I don't, I don't understand how they've won their last two games. I'm really confused as to what's going on and how Jacksonville didn't win that game. Uh, Jake, what did you get wrong this week other than that? Uh, I got the Patriots. Big time. I'm going to throw the Texans in there as well. Um, I thought the Texas defensive line would dominate the Giants offensive line. It did not happen. The Giants are very well coached. I've talked about that a lot. I was really impressed with Pat Shermer and the offensive game plan. Um, keeping Eli upright and had a really good game. Can we uh, talk so, about the Texans for a second? Yeah, let's do it. Because uh, th- this is something There's that something Jamie, wrong there. Because this is a huge dis- – this was a team that had a lot of hype going into this season. Uh, and they're fairly Watson, healthy right now. Deshaun Watson had a lot of hype. You had, you know, J.J. Watt coming back. You're looking at this defense, and you're looking at this offense, and you're going, okay, there's a lot to like here from top to bottom. And this team looks bad. Is uh, somebody you know, on the hot seat? Is, was, are we he approaching? He was on the hot he seat should be. last year. He damn sure on it right now. I would, they looked because they're healthy. I haven't looked at the updated odds, but if you had to look at coaches most likely to be fired in season right now, I don't know how Bill O'Brien's not at the top of the list. I mean – in season, because everybody, a lot of the other ones are either first year coaches. Yeah. No, the, no, no. How first year far? Coaches how far fired. does this have to go? How? What do we have to see? Do they go? They win one game by how? Two games if by how? They're, they're two and seven, three and seven, two and eight, and they're still pretty healthy. Yeah, it's gonna be. You got some serious rumbling. Mm-hmm. I was where I was right, as I told you, Deshaun Watson was not gonna be as good. Yep. And he had. The, some of the most inflated hype I've ever seen, but that team's healthy. They should be good. Yeah. They can't get a pass rush. Romeo Cornell's still there, people. I mean, that defense, don't give Rabel all the credit. He was a one-year play caller that still had Romeo Cornell on that defensive staff. They should be really, really good on defense. I can't believe that they're 0-3. That one was one that I got wrong. The other one, we talk about the Patriots, and is this the, the, the finally the demise of the dynasty? This team is not anywhere near what it's been in the past. So I got this one big time wrong. Bouncing yeah. back, Tom Brady was 17 touchdowns yeah. and zero interceptions following a, a 10-point loss the next week. He sucked last night. Yeah, he. But they, they the have, first time they lost back-to-back games since 2002. I will say this. That defense is awful. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't Matt Patricia that was the freaking genius behind this. No. It was Belichick anyway, so don't give me that crap that the student beat the teacher last night. and Whatever. If Josh Gordon can be serviceable deep and he can run th- about three routes – in that offense, and he can learn fast enough to go on the fly when they go no huddle, and Edelman comes back, then you can't do to Gronk what you did last night and that they, 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 did, they did the week before in Jacksonville. They're still going to be fine. They're going to win the division. They're going to go to the playoffs. But this team is not what it's been in the past, and they proved it last night. No, you know, this prime is, time, yeah. teacher, student, motivation, a bad Detroit team, and they laid an egg and looked awful. Yeah. Yeah, I this is a huge disappointment if you're a Patriots fan, but it's a long time coming. I think we've talked about this in years past where you look and you go, okay, is it finally time that they start kind of winding down? Is it finally time? And we've seen one loss here pretty bad, a loss here pretty bad, but we haven't seen back-to-back losses. Since back 2015. To, yeah. Jamie and I were talking, I don't know the last time they lost by 10-plus two weeks in a row. Yeah. Well, look, you got a Philip Dorsett who got run out of Indy, who was a giant leap as a first mm-hmm. round pick coming out of Miami is just fast and a dude to play lacrosse in college. Like that stuff's cool. When you got other pieces, you can yeah. add that. But Chris Hogan's your number one guy. Yeah. 
what do you expect? With a 41-year-old quarterback. Let's just be and, honest, And an people. offensive line that's banged up. Again, I'm, I'm not worried about Tom Brady. No, I'm no. worried about the, the rest of this team that has slowly began to crumble over the last four or five years. The defense has slowly begun to crumble. That offensive line has gotten significantly worse each of the last few years. That's the stuff that concerns me. Now, again, they're winning that division. And I'm not, I, have no, I have no worries there. If Tom You're not Brady, worried about Miami going 4-0 this week and beating uh, I, them in, in uh, New England? I am not worried about Miami. Yeah, For yeah. the 12th consecutive year, I'm not worried about Miami. No. Uh, <laughs> the Patriots are going to win the division. The question, again, but that's not – the benchmark in which we measure the Patriots right. against. Are they a Super Bowl team? And no. right now, they don't look like a Super Bowl team. No. Can they get there? I, I will trust Belichick that they can get close to that. But we at start point, we're starting to look that they're still probably behind three teams in the NFC. Talent-wise, they're behind about eight. Yes. Yeah. But I will say this. With Bill Belichick and his expectations to get to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, is not the division, he has total control. Yeah. He has not been afraid ever to make moves. And don't be surprised if they make some trades in the next couple weeks. And those dudes play on Sunday. They play the next they week. They tried to and trade then... Gronk. He came out oh, no, Okay, okay. I want to talk about this. This uh, this always happens with these games. This That was not a new story. No. That came out Before the draft months we ago. We knew. We knew. So people making such a huge deal about that. Like, we knew this months ago. Yeah, you're going to listen. Yeah, of course you are. I don't care are. who you are. You're going to listen if somebody's throwing something crazy Absolutely. out there. But when Gronkowski tells you that he's going to retire if he's traded away from Tom Brady, that ends that, that, ends ends that conversation yeah. pretty well, look, damn My point, quick. yeah, Belichick's not afraid to make moves, offensively, defensively, whatever it is, and he knows his team better than anybody. I think the Josh Gordon thing could now set up to be pretty solid. They need but it. But they got to keep him. You just got to stay on the field. Yeah. You just got to be on the field. That's if he's he plays this week, I yeah. guarantee you, and he's the best receiver they have by far on that team. Mm-hmm. Well, whether he knows the offense well enough, he can be well rounded enough to to do what they want to do. He's going to have ten targets, even if he just scares the other defense enough to just. Hope not he kept do what him. Hope you kept him on your fantasy team. I, I know him, a lot I picked of, him up because I, I wanted to say dropped him. We had that talk last week, and I was like, you know what? I better put my money where my mouth is and stash him and just see. Yeah. Like, There's going to be some matchups. So I think he's going to be it's really worth a stash. I, I do yeah. think it's going to be better for the Patriots than it's going to be for fantasy owners. For sure. Yes. But definitely worth a stash long term. Uh, Jamie, I'll let you brag about where you were right. Uh, well, uh, Seattle and Dallas. And this is not, not so much about Seattle being good because I think they're just an average team. It's about people not buying into this Dallas hype. I've been trying to warn everybody from the preseason on. That defense is nothing special. That offense outside of Zeke is terrible. There's there, there's not much with this Dallas team. And everybody got so overreacted so much last week because they got to play against arguably the worst offensive line in football. And they made and they destroyed Eli Manning. That all of a sudden, oh, the Dallas Cowboys are back. They are not back. It is a not a good football team. They do not have enough talent on that football team. And they're not going to go into another competent team's house and win. It's just not going to happen. No, I I completely agree. I think all three of us are not – uh, not in not in anywhere where everybody else is on yeah. Dallas. I think Dallas has gotten complete. I heard them called the second best pass rush on a broadcast, and I wanted to die. I was like, "You have got to, did the LA Rams die and the yeah, Chicago that's, Bears?" That's ridiculous. I'm like, like, "Are you kidding me?" Uh, yeah, kid. absolutely no way. And just not the best pass rush in their division. No, no, absolutely not. Also, cheap plug. If you went, if you subscribe to TD Fantasy Premium, that was one of our premium picks this week. Was Seattle minus one. Yeah, as well I, as the Green Bay Washington over, which hit as well. Yeah, which I think if you bought into the Dallas Cowboys hype, I I would tell you just be careful because this happens all the time with Dallas, and it reflects in the lines that are set in mm-hmm. Vegas because they know that people gamble on Dallas. Do not be one of those people. Go against them. Uh, anything else you want to brag about, Jamie? 
Um, no, I think uh, if you we talked well, I guess one other thing quickly we talked on the podcast. If you took a, I like Cincinnati Carolina over as yeah. well. I said that on the on the podcast that did well for you. Yeah. Uh, I also said I like the Bears Cardinals one, and that looked good early on. I thought the Cardinals would score a couple of touchdowns, and they did, but then the Bears didn't live up to their expectations point wise. No, yeah, they not. couldn't. They almost <laughs> covered with that t- Eddie Jackson uh, pick six, but then it got called back. God, awful. Yeah, awful pick six. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, I said the Saints were going to win. I felt really good about that. Yeah. That game's always a shootout. Atlanta's got too many defensive injuries. I was really impressed with their offensive game plan. I was I was really, really down on Sarkeesian and Matt Ryan. They showed up. Yeah. Now, whether they're going to continue to show up week in and week out, I don't know. But they showed up in a game that is always a shootout. But, man, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Kamara. Early. Mm-hmm. It was the first drive. That team, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. I mean, also say good. I was right on how this offense was going to run yeah. without Mark Ingram. They're going to throw it. Don't give me this because they ran it last year. Sean Payton is freaking smart. Kamara had twice as many catches as like as as carries. It's just they're they're really good. The other thing, place I was right is the NFL is pretty simple. You really break it down in a way that really solid coaching staffs, solid franchises coming off a loss at home. Okay, so I'm going to say this by saying Baltimore. I was taken at home, coming off a bad loss. Solid Philly, Baltimore, Panthers, and the Seahawks all lost. All came back home. All solid franchises, well coached teams. It's really hard to bet against those teams or to think that they're not going to at least show up and play well. You can't lose back-to-back games in the NFL. Everybody knows that. I mean, that's one of those things. I shouldn't have to say that, but it's one of those things. I I just kept people by the Denver hype. They're going to go to Baltimore. They're going to win. They're going to get – slow down a little bit. Like, it's – some of this stuff is tried and true year in and year out. That's one of those things that you you don't have to go real deep to find. No, absolutely. Uh, Guys, let's get into Monday Night Football here. Pittsburgh going on the road to play Tampa Bay. Pittsburgh is the underdog in this game. Uh, they started off at about what plus one and a half. They were my yeah. They were they minus were, one and a half at one point, and now it's, it's now plus, plus one, one. So it's moved two and a half points since our Friday show Which, with no news. Nothing's happened. Yeah, no. nothing has so that, changed. So I can tell you that uh, from a couple people that I know that do that are connected in Vegas that there's a lot of sharp money on Tampa. So that's where a lot of that line changes. There's a lot of money coming out of Tampa from the sharps. Interesting. Which is why the line is changing so dramatically. Got it. All right, Jake, what are your thoughts on uh, on tonight's game? This is now my favorite betting line of the year so far. The Steelers do not lose in prime time. This is absolutely ripe for a monster letdown from the Buccaneers, who I'm higher on than you guys. Yeah. They're pretty talented. But, again, going back to what we said a minute ago, a bunch of professionals on a really good team with really good leadership in the locker room, on the road, on Monday night, with their season – basically on the line that in week three where you can't really say that but the Steelers can't start off oh two and one no um no this is a Super Bowl contender they are and they are supremely talented compared to the Buccaneers I just think it is absolutely ripe for a letdown from the Bucs on prime time and Monday night the air comes completely out of the balloon and they're their favorites over I mean this just I feel I, I feel phenomenal about that I just I cannot see Ben not having a monster night a b I can promise you A.B. goes off after he does not like being embarrassed. He's got little man syndrome. He's going to get his tonight. I can promise you that. I, I'm in agreement. Jamie? I don't want to ignore what I've seen so far, but I also have to take a step back, and I just I look at the two rosters. Pittsburgh is a significantly more talented football team than Tampa. And, and I have there is no hesitation in my voice when I say that. There's no – I just – I cannot see a way the Steelers lose this football game 
unless like Ben gets hurt in the first drive or something. I, I can't see a way that the Steelers lose this ball game. I think it's going to be reasonably close. I don't think they're going to win by three or four touchdowns. Yeah, their defense anything, still sucks because their defense can't stop anybody. But I just cannot. I cannot see the Steelers losing this game. This is again. Again, we talked about all week. And again, I know the Steelers aren't at home, but one of the themes that we, we talked about was a desperate team that's good that had needs to win a game. The Steelers are a good team that's desperate and they need to win this game. I don't think Tampa's anything special. Pittsburgh's defense isn't special. Tampa's defense isn't special. No. I just think this is good. I just cannot see the way the Steelers lose this game. No, if this becomes a shootout much like week one did with New Orleans and Tampa Bay, I don't there's no way that Pittsburgh doesn't come out victorious in this game. I just I expect this to be where we talked about you're kind of back in the corner, how Buffalo was, how you saw Arizona. And those are teams that are not nearly as talented as the team we're talking about. At some point, you have to realize you're talking about professionals and you're talking about an actual Hall of Fame quarterback and a fun storyline in the NFL. That's the difference. It's uh, Listen, I am a huge proponent of what's happening with Fitzpatrick. It is so fun. It's a great storyline. But there's perception and reality, and the reality is that Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Fame quarterback and Fitzpatrick is not. So at some point, he's going to turn back into the quarterback that we've all seen, and this team is not going to be as good as they I will tell you this, too, because you see all the pundits out there talking about that the locker room is chaos in Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin's lost the team. That's always kind of been Mike Tomlin's thing. He's a player's coach. Those guys kind of run the they, – they kind of run it themselves, but they police it pretty well. There's still really good leadership in that locker room, and Tomlin loves this kind of stuff. This is – we are rallying together now in this locker room – of course, Antonio Brown didn't want to be traded. Of course, he's not going to be traded. No. But that what it did was kind of put the lady on Bell stuff away. Yeah. yeah. We're not three and zero. We're not five and zero. We don't have all this hype. This, this, we have some adversity that's going to put us in one group, and that's to go out on Monday Night Football and win in prime time, which they don't ever lose in prime time anyway, unless it's to the Ravens occasionally. But they don't do that. And this ball, this this Buccaneers team is not the Ravens. No. I just there's nothing. Name one thing the Buccaneers do better than the Steelers. That we really think about linebacking core. That's that's it. about it. Yeah, it's like that's that's and at some point you just got to look at that and say this the talent disparity is too great. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. 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 Middle linebackers for sure. But yes. yeah, that's Maybe. yes. Any other uh, last minute thoughts from a fantasy perspective on tonight's game? Obviously, your lineups are are yeah. You don't you don't, you don't have you much don't choice have, at this point. You don't have much choice at this point. I do. There should know. be a lot of games dependent on tonight. Though. Yeah, a lot yeah, of fantasy games well, depend on. I have, got, one, I have one where I need Antonio Brown to get me. I think eleven points to win. You I should almost. Be. I, I feel like I'm. I feel okay about that. Yeah, Antonio Brown. You got James Ju- Conner, yeah, Juju, Juju, obviously. Jesse James still very relevant on the Sean other side. Jackson's Sean Jackson's been been pretty yeah. good thus far. Mike Evans, obviously, you're looking at. You know, Fitzmagic has been started in quite a few leagues, I know. Aiden Barber still a flex in a lot of yeah. places. Yeah. So with, with no injuries at this point, you're just – you're rolling with the lineup you have. Yeah. Yep. So Should be fun, though. That's a yeah. lot of fantasy. A lot of offense in one game. game. Yeah. yeah, tonight's game should be pretty fun. Uh, good luck in your matchups. Jamie, how can everybody follow you on Instagram and Twitter? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jamie Eisner on Instagram. Uh, Jake? Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Jake Arians on Instagram. And, guys, you can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I, and you should follow TD Fantasy at TD Fantasy underscore on both Instagram and Twitter, and you should subscribe to TD Fantasy by going to tdfantasy.com and getting all your premium picks so that way you can make money just like Jamie and Jake are doing. Good luck tonight, and enjoy Monday Night Football. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.